right here. It says Romans 1, conclusion. We're at uh, conclusion of Romans chapter 1. Uh, I'm not sure. Hopefully, maybe we'll go through some of the other chapters a little bit faster than we're going through Romans chapter 1. But there is so much in the book of Romans. And, and so I want to, to try to, to give you this as much as possible. Here's where we're going. Uh, the first thing we're going to take a look at is just a tiny little tiny little bit of a review, and that begins in verse 26. If you look at verse 26, it says, for this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. You know, through the book of Romans, in this latter part of the book of Romans, God kind of emphasizes this, this thought process that he, he will come to a point where he will give you up. Now, that's, that's tough to, to swallow, but there's a point where, where it says he gave them up. He gave them up. Now, uh, he gave them. It doesn't mean that he won't, if they ever will turn from it. I, um, I've witnessed to probably, I, I don't know, I, I, I hate to even throw out numbers, but I went out most every Friday and Saturday night for probably about two years down uh, to the strips and joints down in, outside of, uh, there in Hammond. And uh, I would take a group of guys down there, and, and there, was a, there was a big homosexual bar there. It was right on the Hammond side. It was called the Depot. And I would be there at 2 o'clock in the morning when that place started shutting down. And honestly, even back way back then, there would be two or 300 would come out of that place at night. And I tried to witness to droves of them. Uh, I've, I've had all kinds of things take place uh, uh, and threats take place there. And that's a, another story for another time. But... But, uh, but and through all of that, through multitudes of nights and through multitudes of witnessing, I had one that, that uh, they professed to, to trust Christ. I had one one time, and, and the way it happened was there was 16 of us were on our knees in a bitter cold on our knees because there was nobody to talk to, nobody was, that you could get to would listen. And so I just asked the men to drop down on their knees, and I began to pray. And, and, and all 16 of us began to pray that God would send. Here's the words that I used that night. I said, God, send us, as you did in the scripture, someone who would say, what must I do to be saved? And when I got up from my knees, somebody said, would you guys help me? And over here, about 20 yards away from me, was, was a fellow standing there. And uh, one of the guys was with me, Sam Olivas, looked at me and he said, go, go talk to him, Bobby. And I, I said, I'm, I'm going over. And I walked over and I said, what can I do for you? And he said, would you tell me how I can be saved? And I, I said, well, sure I will. And he said, but you got to understand, I've been a homosexual. Will you still tell me? And I said, I'll tell anybody how you can know for sure be saved if you'll listen, if you'll accept it. Now, you say, did he really get saved? He knelt down on his knees and prayed and accepted Christ as his Savior. I can't judge, but he, that's what happened. It's the last time I've ever seen him, but that's the only one that it's ever happened with because they go so far in their sin. It's a rough, I'm not saying you can't come back, but I'm just saying it's, it's most do not. Okay, so... Uh, that's where we are, and it says in verse 27, likewise, also the men leaving the natural use. We talked about this of the women burned in their uh, lusts one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat. And we talked about this, and what I'm calling this is the moral perversion, moral perversion. Uh, this is where you see that the, whether you know, the world likes it or not, it is a perverted lifestyle. 
It's perversion from everything that's normal. Uh, you know, they're trying to act like it's not, but it still is. And it's, it's perversion. Let me say not normal. It's perversion from everything that is godly, okay, and right and holy. Uh, verse, uh, verse 28, though, it says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, we go to the next thing. What we're going to head into is mental perversion. See, uh, it really, you get involved in all this sexual perversion that's out there, and it, and it never stays in one place. It always is, it's, always, it's always hungering for more. You've got to go further. There's got to go deeper. Uh, don't think that it's going to stop with, with some images on a screen. It won't stop there. And, it, and it's going it's to always digress. It's always, gonna, it's always hungering for more. It'll take you as far as you're willing to go with it. And so, but it says, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And so now what's going to happen is you'll see it's a mental perversion because you begin being filled with all unrighteousness and fornication and wickedness and covetousness and maliciousness, full of envy and murder and debate and deceit and malignity and whispers and backbiters and haters of God and despiteful and proud and boasters and vendors of uh, evil things and disobedient to parents. This is where these sexual sins that is, has been listed first, really, uh, that, that, is, that when you go into that depravity, he says, along with that now comes mental, mental perversion. And so uh, uh, then what we have here, uh, the cause. How do we end up into, into this moral and mental perversion? And the cause is, remember again, Romans 1, 28, and even as they did not like, can you all see that? I know we didn't turn, dim the lights. Can you see it okay? Every, this means yes. Okay? All right. Uh, as long as you can, because uh, we had to make a choice. You know, you either get dark and you can see that and you can't see me. Or we have a light, and you can't see that so well, but you can see me. And we knew what the choice would be. So, But it says, Romans 1, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, and understand that again, they, don't, they just don't want to. They don't like it. I, I don't like this. You know, it's like me saying, you know, to my wife, I don't care how much you put that on my plate. I don't like it. Okay? Uh, She's still rearing a kid here, but see, uh, it's amazing. I've been married 38 years, and she'll still put stuff on my plate that she knows I don't like, <laughs> but she'll still put it on there. But it just, I don't like it, and that's what they say about God. And we don't like God, and they're not. See, gave, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So uh, now the result, you go, here's, here's what caused it. The cause is this, this attitude toward God. The result, then, is what we just read. The result, when you have this attitude toward God and you don't like what God says, uh, look, if anything in this book really use, I don't mean you don't understand it. I don't mean that you struggle with it. I mean that you look at it and say, Psh, I don't like that. There's, then we got a problem because here's where we're headed. That's right. Amen. This is where we're headed. And so when we just read those to you, I won't go through them again, but this is the result when we say to God, I don't like you. Now, here's where we go, though. This is what I'm going to do tonight, and this is really a lesson. Hang with me there. Uh, but I, I just read through these words really fast, and most of it we sort of recognize them, we can pronounce them, 
But I thought it was very important. If this is kind of like the, I mean, this is ground level where we're going to end up and where we're going to where we're going to crash and burn. Maybe we ought to really recognize what these words really mean. And so, uh, I've, what I've done is is that I've gone through and done a little word study, and I got a definition up here. And then below that definition, I've got a Webster's eighteen twenty eight definition. How many of you are familiar with Webster's eighteen twenty eight dictionary? Uh, to me, if you're going to define words from the Scripture, you need to go to Webster's 1828 Dictionary because those are going to be your closest, uh, closest definitions. Always remember this, definitions are not inspired, okay? Uh, this wouldn't mean uh, pray prayerfully, I believe, Webster. I believe he prayerfully uh, tried to do this, and I believe he used Scripture, comparing Scripture to get his definitions. I think he did that, but they're not inspired, but... But they help us, and, and, but the, the one that's really going to help you if you're struggling with the meaning of something is the Holy Spirit of God, uh, the context of the verse. But you have unrighteousness. Unrighteousness, you see it up there. It's injustice, morally, wrongfully, of character, life, or act, iniquity, unjust, unrighteous, wrong, unrighteousness. When it says AV, it's talking about the authorized version. It's talking about the King James Bible. Iniquity, unjust, wrong. Uh, these are the ways in which it's defined uh, there. And so... But to Webster's 1828, I think it kind of helps me a little bit. It says a violation of the, of the divine law or of the plain principles of justice and equity. Wickedness, unrighteousness make, consists of a single... Un, and this is, was kind of a, a neat definition I saw here. It, it may consist of a single unjust act, but more generally when applied to persons, it denotes, a, and it says and, but a habitual course of wickedness. A habitual course of wickedness. And this is what you got to understand. When God's talking here, he's talking about people that are going into this and living in it. He's not saying that somebody struggle at a moment with their tongue for a moment about something. He's saying people that, that have turned their back on God said, I don't like God. They go into this and this is where they're living. This is the, this, they are full of unrighteousness. You go to... Uh, the next one, fornication. Fornication. Notice the word. Most of them I didn't leave up there, the, the word, but notice the word there beside it. Uh, that's actually the actual uh, word, you know, in the original language is pornea. And so it, it, that pornography, okay, that's where we get our term pornography. Harlotry, including adultery, incest. Uh, and it says figuratively, talking about idolatry, you know, we have fornication is when, when you are uh, in love with another God other than God. That could be your, your, your uh, checking account. It could be your, your credit card. But, but uh, fornication, illicit physical relationships, adultery, fornication, homosexuality, lesbianism, bestiality, incest, covers all of this incredible wickedness. You say, man, that's crazy. It, why we even talk about that? None of us are going to go there. But unless we talk about it and face it and realize this is what happens, we know people that sat beside us in Bible college that are there. You say they weren't saved? I'm not saying that. I think some of them were incredibly on fire, but they... they got to a point they started saying no to God. And you don't stay right there, you're always going to digress. Westerners 1828, 
says the, the incontinence or lewdness of an, a married person's male or female. Also, the uh, criminal conversation, you have to remember, it's written 1828. So the criminal conversation, criminal behavior of a married man with an unmarried woman. Uh, you even have to define the dictionary here. But the uh, uh, adultery, incest, idolatry, he always throws that in. And so uh, God's saying these things are a result when you say no to God. When you say, I don't like what you're telling me, God. I don't like, listen, and and I know we're out here saying, okay, we're not going to do that, but let me help you. Christianity today, fundamentalism today, much of it is saying directly, no, God. Because there's a whole lot of things, here's what they say. Oh, that's not what it says in there. Oh, that's not what it means in there. And I'm sorry, they just don't want it to mean what it says. You know what they're telling God? I don't like what you said. But it does say it in there. And it's, it's breaking my heart because good people are, are saying, well, it doesn't say anything about that in the Scripture. And I'm thinking, you don't have the same Bible I do. No, you've chosen to decide that it doesn't say that. Now, uh, we have wickedness. Wickedness, depravity, malice, plots, sins, iniquity, wickedness, uh, Webster says, departure from the rules of divine law, evil disposition or practices, immorality, crime, sin, sinfulness, corrupt manners, wickedness generally signifies evil practices. Uh, he says, what wickedness is that uh, is that is done among you, Judges 23. So it's the doing of something, doing evil to someone. It's, it's, it's bringing some uh, pain to someone and, and acting out evil. And then you have, um, if I can get it to work here, the covetousness, covetousness, fraudulent extortion. And, and look, this is one, uh, just face it, folks, this is one we got to be very careful about because somehow we, we, this, again, this generation, and maybe it's been forever, uh, we somehow separate, it's like sports in Christian schools, okay? It's nothing that makes me more frustrated than the Christian school sports movement. Okay, because here's what they do. They play, they act, they respond just like the world in sports. It's like God doesn't have anything to do with sports. We live by this philosophy. Do anything to win but sin. Let me help you. If you do anything to win, you will sin. Hello? It's just... I've just watched it. I watched them in, in, for years, even up there. And I had, I had knocked down drag outs with leadership there. I said, look, I, I'm the one guy that has a sports background. I understand where I came from. And these kids are, are look, they're acting worse than we did. And you're letting them. You know why you're letting them? Because you want to win the game. I said, somebody's got to care more about the soul of the kid than winning a game. And they believe if you're 19 and 1, man, that's a great group of basketball players. 19 and 1, that could be the biggest group of reprobates in this whole place. And so that correlates to business also. We kind of say, ah, you know. God's in in my life, in marriage. God's in my life, my child rearing. God's in my life, but stay out of business. Because, you know, hey, if I tell them that, they may not buy it. Covetous, fraudulent, extortion uh, practices, greediness, 
greediness, covetous practice, greedy desire to have more, uh, a strong, uh, Webster's 1828, a strong or inordinate desire for, of obtaining and possessing some supposed good. Uh, usually in a bad sense and applied to an inordinate desire of wealth out of the heart proceeded covetousness. We, we just, we want it, so we justify in our mind the way we, what we say and do. Look, my wife will tell you, I don't, I don't sell cars. I'm talking about mine. You know why? I don't want you to think I cheated you. Because when I'm done with it, it's wore out. Okay? And I'm, I'm either, and I've given away probably 10 cars in my life. I gave away three cars while I was a college student. Because God would always give me another one and I'd end up with two and some old boy would be broken down someplace and so I'd end up giving him, giving him my car and God just give me another one. And I've probably given away 10 cars in my lifetime, but I, I, I've only sold about two cars in my lifetime. And the whole time I did, I sweated the whole time. I put a brand new transmission in one. I got everything fixed in it. I sold it to a guy and I told him, I kept telling him, look, look, please, I'm not even sure I should sell it to you because I promise you, I've tried to do everything right on but I don't know if it's going to break down on you tomorrow, and you'll think I'm some kind of con artist, okay? So, but here's the re you know, reason I feel that way? Because I have bought cars from people. And I have bought cars where I've had them look at me and tell me, well, you didn't ask me about that. Hello? No, it's, it's how we, we our, look, our integrity, our name is more important than a dollar. So what am I trying to tell you? Don't sell your card to me, give it to me. All right, now. All right, now. Actually, I don't want your car. If you got a truck, we got a different situation. And I'm not sure why that's all cut off out there, but maliciousness. Maliciousness is just as badness, trouble, evil, malice, naughtiness. Uh, unbelievable, this only definition is malignity, ill will, and I can't define that. Ill will, desire to injure, depravity, wickedness that is not ashamed to break laws. You know, it, when you get to that point where you're just not ashamed of anything, you just do wrong, don't care. I used to catch shoplifters, and it was amazing to me how many of them just did not care. You, you just stole. Does that bother you? Why should it? Just, just don't care. Now, they, a lot of them were really upset that they got caught. But they were never, you know, very few were ever upset that they stole. And so it says malicious. The quality of being malicious, extreme enmity or disposition to injure. Malignity, and I and it used very often in there, so I went ahead and defined that intense ill will, bitterness, and hatred towards someone. Look what that maliciousness, bitterness, and hatred towards someone. Why am I doing this tonight? If it's just for that one word, we look at that maliciousness. But when it comes down to that definition at the end, it says malignity several times in there. And then you define malignity, intense ill will, bitterness and hatred toward someone. And if God 
revealed in here right now the bitterness and hatred that we have. He had to almost let me die before I woke up to some of it in me. Is it, is it still here? If it is, forgive me, but we're saying no to God. Okay, I'm going to have to stop here real soon. Full of envy, full of envy, ill will, jealous, jealousy, spite, uh, envying, prompted envy. Look, look at envy up here, uh, 18, uh, verses 18, 20, invidio. Look at that word, invidio. In and video, to see against, that is to look with enmity. To feel uneasiness, uh, go down all the way down to envy down at the bottom, which is uh, pain, uneasiness, mortification, or discontent, excited by the sight of another's superiority or success. When somebody else is getting praise, when somebody else is getting to do something, to stand in front, when it just stirs up inside of you, And let me just warn you again, athletes, okay, we, we have to battle with this probably more than the average guy, okay? If you've never been an athlete, then when you go out to play, it really doesn't matter because you can't play anyway. But when you can, you don't like it when somebody outdoes you. You don't like it. There's a lot of dangers in some of the things that we, we accept so easily, but, but it's just, it's something we need to be very careful of when we look and, and just say, you know, when one girl sings a song and another wasn't asked to, when one guy gets asked to come up behind the, the, and, and pray, and you think, why did he ask me? When those things pop into your head, let me help you, that's not of God. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Now, I'm going to have to stop there uh, because I want to have a little meeting, and I don't want to keep you late. I have a word of prayer, but don't move. <laughs> Getting done early. So don't move.